0: You are tuned in to Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Broussard, Louisiana. Let's catch up with Father Michael Delcum as he breaks open the readings for today. So perhaps we have uh, said it ourselves. Maybe we've heard other people say it. I, I just don't get anything out of Mass. It's too long. It's boring. Why do we do what we do? Why does he have to use that smoke? Why do we do the same thing all the time? Can't we spice it up? Can't we mix it up? Can't we do something different? Why do we always do the same thing every time? Can't we just watch this thing at home? Why don't we just keep watching it at home? Why do we have to come in person? It's kind of convenient, a little coffee, right? Big screen get to go to the restroom anytime I want, get to eat breakfast while I'm watching mass. This is a new norm, right? Why don't we just do that? Well, I really want to enter into the conversation of why we do what we do and why it's so important and and why if we don't understand the context and history of how we got to this point, if we don't understand the history that that this is part of his story, God's relationship with his people, then we're going to completely miss what happens here at Mass and we're, we're not really going to be able to enter into what's fully happening and we're going to keep saying those things and we're going to keep see, hearing our, our children say those things. And so what I want to invite you to over the next five weeks is a conversation about what it is that we do and why it is that we do what we do. What we do here at Mass and what we do as Catholics are it's deeply rooted in the Bible. It comes from Scripture and it it finds its foundation in the Old Testament. And so hopefully if you stay with us for five weeks and and study a little bit, do a little bit of your homework, you will be able to see the Mass in a whole new light. And you might be able to invite some of your friends and your family who maybe are, are saying the things you used to say, you might have a little bit of confidence to share with them about the mass, to share with them about the foundation of what it is that we do and how beautiful it is. You might look at mass completely different and the words that we say and the words that you say, completely different. So today we're going to try to answer the question of this, who determines how we worship? Who determines how we worship? It's an important question for us to, to ask, and it's, it's a foundational question for our continual conversation because who determines how we worship gets us to keep listening. You heard in the, the beautiful readings led by Miss Maddie McAnally today, a um, story about Noah, and it, these words um, maybe we're familiar with, but we don't quite understand what they mean, this word Covenant. First reading was, talked about Noah and the covenant with his sons and his family. The response to soul mentioned covenant, experiencing the love of God in covenant. Covenant is a language, it's a sacred bond that God makes in the Old Testament with his people. It's a bond, a sacred bond between God and his people. There's a commitment, there's a an agreement that God is going to be for them and they are going to be for God. And there's some stipulations between the covenant. This covenant's all throughout the Old Testament and our, our, our readings talk about the covenant with Noah, but the one covenant I want to kind of zero in on this morning is the covenant God makes with Moses. And not just with Moses, but with his people. We've talked about this this covenant before. It's it's the classic one that we talk about in Lent As we are using the image of moving from slavery to freedom, we're gonna go back to the Old Testament, back to Exodus, and we're gonna listen to what happened when God freed his people from Pharaoh, when God freed his people from slavery to the Egyptians. The reason they were asking to go into the, the desert was primarily to worship God, that's why they wanted to be freed. Pharaoh, free us. Let us go so that we can go worship our God. The primary focus, they were unable to worship God in Egypt. After all the pestilence, after all the the many plagues that God would send to them, God let them, uh, I'm sorry, Pharaoh let them go. He sent them out. He said, just get out of here. Go worship your God. And so they're journeying in the desert. they're, They're journeying there. And God calls Moses up the mountain to make a covenant. God's going to make an agreement, a sacred bond with his people, and this is so important for us to hear the intimacy of the covenant. I just want you to turn with me. If you you have a handout, it's number two. If you don't, if you have your Bible with you, uh, you can turn to chapter 19 of Exodus. In that chapter, Moses goes up the mountain and God is talking about what kind of a relationship he wants to have with his people. Listen to this. Third line. Now, if you obey me completely and keep my covenant, again, the sacred bond, you will be my treasured possession among all peoples, though all the earth is mine. You will be for me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Let's just pause right there. Listen to the language that God uses, and I want you to hear how this registers in your heart. This is what God wants. God wants for us, his people, to be a treasured possession. He wants to make them holy. What holy means is to be filled with God, set apart, sacred to him. A lot of us wonder, does God really... Care about me? Does God really know about my life? Does God really hear my prayer? Does God really—is He close to me? He feels so far off. Well, this language communicates to us that God wants an intimate, personal relationship with us, and what He's going to do with Moses is He's going to outline the stipulations of the covenant. Because God wants to preserve this covenant with his people, and he knows that if he doesn't give us laws, if he doesn't give us guidelines, if he doesn't give us guide rails, we're probably going to break that covenant like we have over and over again. So what God's going to do with Moses, he's going to teach them how to live, and he's going to teach them how to worship. This is important. He's going to teach them how to live and teach them how to worship because he knows that we need to be taught how to live in relationship with him. And we need to be taught how to worship him. So first thing God does as he goes up the mountain, God is talking to Moses about this relationship. He says, he teaches him how to live. If you look in your Bible in Exodus 20 and you go and read 20 through through 23 those are all laws about how to live it first starts with the 10 commandments we're probably familiar with the 10 commandments the first commandment is probably the most important first commandment i'm the lord your god you shall have no strange gods before me you shall worship me and me alone god is saying look i'm making i am making this covenant with you I'm gonna be your God and you're gonna be my people. So worship no one else. Stay true to me. And here's how to live. So he gives the commandments. But he just doesn't give the 10 commandments, he gives a ton of commandments. If you read through Exodus 20 through 23, it's it's literally how to live. And when Moses comes down the mountain with the 10 commandments and all of the ordinance of of the law, he reads them out to the people. And guess what they said at the bottom of the page? Exodus 24, verse 3, Moses read them all, he related them to the Lord, and they all answered with one voice, we will do everything that the Lord has told us. They all agreed. They said, our God has rescued us from slavery, he's brought us in the desert, we want to worship him, we will do everything he asks of us. Good start. It's a great start. God is teaching his people how to live. Well, my dear friends, we, we don't just live on the word of God. We, that's, that's not all we need is just the word of God. God knows that we need to know how to worship him. We need to know how to order our life towards him. Because if we don't worship him rightly, we will begin to worship him In ways that are not healthy and helpful for us. When we forget how to worship God, we will forget who our God is. And when we forget who our God is, we forget how to live. So God's not done. He doesn't just give him the word. He just doesn't give him the the laws on how to live. Moses had to go back up the mountain. He goes up a second time. And God is about to teach Moses and his people how to worship him. There's, there's, there's a reason uh, in our liturgy where we, we read from the Word of God, we just read from the Word of God, and now we're hearing about the Word of God, we're learning how to live, but there's a certain part where we transition from the Word to worship, and we'll, we'll, we're going to get into that in the next upcoming weeks, but Moses goes back up the mountain and God literally is about to unpack how he wants his people to worship him. And if you have your Bible, when you go home or right now, you can kind of turn to Exodus 25 through 31. God literally outlines in great detail how to worship him. He talks about how. They need to build an ark of the covenant and how they need to cover it with gold and how they need to put it in a prominent place in what's called the holy of holies and only the priests can go there And inside the ark of the covenant they are to put the, the ten commandments and all the sacred things that are part of the history of the israelite people and they, they need to construct an altar and they need to put the altar in the holy of holies and he even goes into detail about the what the altars to be made of and, and how many torches there are to be put around the altar. And, and he talks about there needs to be a sanctuary, a place where it is sacred, where only the priest goes to offer sacrifice. And, and that space is to be separated from where the other people, the rest of the people are. And he actually goes into detail about how God is going to call certain men to be separate and set apart. They will be called priests. They will be consecrated. They will be ordained. They are to wear certain vestments. It goes into detail about the actual vestments that they are to wear. And what they're to do, they're to offer sacrifices to God. Only the priests offer sacrifices to God. And It talks about incense and about the, the sacred vessels that are used for incense. And it talks about the actual kinds of incense to be burned. And how those incenses are only to be burned for God and for worship. If you go and you read Exodus 25 to 31, these things would would start to become familiar to us. It's a lot of the things that we do at mass. The priests, the garb, the the altar, the the tabernacle, the, the sacred space, the incense. God was teaching them how to worship. God is teaching us how to worship. What we do here is rooted in our history, it's rooted 4,000 years ago And, and if we're ignorant of our history if we're ignorant of his story then what happens is we just discard history and we don't know why we do what we do and what we don't understand we label and what we label we discard and what we need to do is we need to rediscover why it is we do what we do and rediscover the answer to this question that it is God who tells us how to worship we don't tell God how to worship him Moses, in great humility, is going to God, and God is telling Moses how he wants his people to worship him. Because they and we need to know how to worship him. We don't do a really good job when we're in charge. When we forget how to worship, when we don't worship the God the way that he calls us to do it, we forget who our God is. And when we forget who God is, we forget how to live. I don't need to be really creative for us to look at the times that we live in as we are forgetting about history. What we're doing is we're forgetting about God. And when we forget about God, we're forgetting about how to live. In case in point. It's amazing uh this story how it unfolds. We we want to laugh, we want to cry. I'm not sure what we want to do, but if we if we are attentive and we listen to our history, hopefully we will try not to repeat it. As Moses is up there on the mountain and he's he's receiving instructions on how to worship. He's been up there for a little while. What do you think the people down the mountain, God's people, what do you think they're doing? They're praying, they're waiting. This is so, this is embarrassing. You know, you want to cry, you want to laugh. Join me in number six. This is Exodus chapter 32, verse one to six. When the people saw Moses was delayed in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come make us a God who will go before us. As for that man Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has happened to him. It's taken way too long. Let's forget about him. Aaron, we need you to make a God for us. So Aaron says... Take off your golden earrings that your wives and your sons and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. All the people took off their earrings. They brought them to Aaron. He received their offerings and fashioned a molten calf. He made a cow out of gold and they began to sacrifice to the cow. They began to sing and to dance and to eat and make merry. And they said, this Israel is the God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. That sounds foolish. That sounds hard to believe. But the reality is they couldn't even follow the first commandment that God gave them. They couldn't follow the first one. Reminder, the first commandment that God gave them. I'm the Lord your God, you shall have no other strange gods before me. You shall worship me and me alone. That was the first commandment on how to live that God gave his people. And here they are, not long after, creating their own God and worshiping their own God in the way that they have fashioned for themselves. When we forget how to worship, we forget the God who we're worshiping. And when we forget who our God is, we forget how to live. God came to bring order in our life so that he could bless us and take care of us, so that we could live fully alive. He made us, he knows us, and he knows what we need. So, who determines how we worship God? God or us? God does. Because God made us. He's the creator. We're his creature. He's God. We're not. And so as we begin this journey through Lynn, as we, as we begin to talk about what it is that we do, it's important for our reference to be, it is God who taught us to do what we're doing. It's God who gave us what we're doing so that he can direct our hearts to him. And we, we don't change it. We just seek to understand it so that our hearts can be for Him because He is for us. Ultimately, the question is going to be, do we really trust God? Like do we trust Him that much? Because God's given all these commandments, either we're going to trust Him and we're going to listen to Him and we're going to follow Him or we're going to do our own thing. And I would just submit to you where we're going is is right over here to your right side. Where we're going is really here. Where we're going is, for those of you who can't see this, there's a beautiful cross here. There's a beautiful crucifix with Jesus on it. It's a wooden cross and Jesus is hanging on the cross and to the question of, can we trust God? I think that's our answer. Like God says, I have given you everything. I have given you my son and he's going to the ends to tell you that you can trust me. You can trust me how to live, and you can trust me how to worship. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, sacrifice. Just the roots of sacrifice in the Old Testament and how sacrifice makes its way into our Eucharist. We're going to talk about, in week three, the Passover. How, how pivotal the Passover is to what we celebrate here. In week four, we're going to talk about the development of sacrifice in the temple. What's the difference between a synagogue and a temple? And what is this place that we come to worship God And And finally, in week five, we're going to talk about Holy Week, the new covenant. We're going to talk about Jesus, the new sacrifice, the new Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. And I promise you, if you stay with us, if you pray with us and study with us, When you come to Mass and you see the the Eucharistic Lord lifted up and you hear the priest say the words, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, it is going to mean something completely different to you. You're going to understand why we're here. You're going to understand why we do what we do. This is the most important thing we can do in our entire life. It's where God is made available to us real, tangibly in time it's going to connect all of history and it's going to put us in the history of who God is and why he made us just invite you to be with us I invite you to stay with us I know not all of you can make it to mass every time I know some of you are watching online but if you would just be faithful in these five weeks I promise you you will never look at mass the same and your life will never be the same